0: The Therapy is a Christian podcast is all things mental health and Christ. We specifically talk about how mental health and God are merged together to foster growth, healing, and making mental health a normal conversation. I'm your host, Roz Renee, and welcome to the show. Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Therapy is a Christian podcast. My name is Rosa Renee, and welcome to another episode of the show. Hi, you all. I'm so excited to be back in front of the microphone again with you to bring you another amazing episode. However, this episode, I will not be by myself. I am so beyond excited to introduce you to a girl that I met a couple months ago, um, and you are going to love her testimony. I am so excited because I met her when I did my speaking engagement at the Auntie Roundtable, which was a couple months ago um, in October. And I had the opportunity to be able to hear her testimony. And it was so, so, so good. Um, I don't even think that y'all are ready for just the powerhouse that she is and just what she's going to share. She had the opportunity to share about her therapy experience, but also just in general, her testimony. Um, and I think you're really, really going to enjoy her. She is an author, speaker, and preacher, and her name is Janae. And so I'm going to introduce you to Janae. Say, Hey girl. Hey (laughs) y'all. I'm excited to be on here. Yes, yes, yes. So, welcome to my whole family, sis. We all Thank are here for you. Hey, so, sis. <laughs> okay, so tell us, Janae, a little bit about you.
1: Yes. Well, um, I am from Hickman, Kentucky. So that's Western Kentucky. I actually live now in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Went to undergrad here, and I've just moved across, and so I'm back here. I am a marketing director. For social media for a mortgage company. And outside of the uh, corporate world, I am a preacher and a speaker. I have a strong ministry for deliverance and healing and just preaching the gospel. I love people. I love loving on people. I love loving people back to their healthy selves and getting to the roots of things, no matter the ages. Um, I am a family girl and uh, I just I just love God. You know, I'm a little bit hood, a little bit ratchet, you know, in my messages, but people love it. I love, you know, giving people laughs as well as the truth. And so, yeah, so that's that's a little bit about what I do.
0: I feel like we all have a little bit of ratchetness. Just ratchet. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to get right into it. So I want you to start, um, because with the background of my podcast is Therapy as a Christian, um, I really want my listeners to kind of know what was your process when you started as far as going to find a therapist?
1: So when I was first even thinking about therapy, I started in January 2018 and I had hit a part of my life where I just did not recognize myself. Um, I was in a pretty toxic relationship. I had just been promoted at a new job in a very toxic environment at work and a lot of things going on with family. And so there was a lot of different things I felt like that was just Weighing so much on me, and as the strong one always in the group, or in your friends, or in your family, sometimes when you go to people, they think that you're complaining or um, you're talking about anxiety and things like that. It's just a little bit dramatic because you should be able to to get through it because you know you have Jesus read the word whatnot. Thanks. So I got to the point where I was just like, okay, like I need someone who is not going to push my feelings away just because I'm strong, but I need someone who is going to listen and give me the advice that's needed. And if I talk to them, I don't have to worry about their view of someone else being screwed based Mm -hmm. on my, you know, my words or my reality. And, um, So I didn't really know much about counseling or therapy at that time because a lot of people still were not talking about it, really. Mm -hmm. And so I thought I was depressed, you know, dealing with depression, but I really didn't know. And so um, I went and I researched my insurance and I went on, of course, the insurance's website of um, therapists and I prayed, you know, I prayed to God and I was just asking him, like, I want you to lead me and guide me to the right therapist for me and um when i went on the website i think she was number 3 and mm-hmm. i didn't want a christian web a uh, christian therapist and i'm not saying not to get a christian therapist but the reason that i didn't was because i'm i'm a christian i'm a preacher i pretty much know the word i wanted somebody that was going to give me also practical tools as well right right and so like I want to
0: pause mm-hmm. right there Yeah. so like with that because i think sometimes people think that therapists are just like trying to get all in your business but you said something really interesting about the practicality of Mm -hmm. counseling like why did you know like how did you know that that was something that you needed?
1: With the practicality I think for me I've always had people again just throw straight Straight Bible. Right. And mm-hmm. I think the misconception is if I have Jesus, then that's all I need. Well, if that's the case, we wouldn't need a job because you would just have Jesus to pay your bills, too. Right. Ooh, so, facts. yeah, straight back. So my whole thing was, OK, if I have Jesus, Jesus made the therapists, OK, Jesus made the, the doctors, you know, he anointed them. So in, in in the practicality, it's like, OK, I have Jesus. You can give me Jesus in there. But what do I do after I get out of prayer? What do I do oh, after I get off of my fast? What do I do after I come out of that? Because there has to be some kind of responsibility on my part. And sometimes I just don't know what that may be. So yeah. the practicality from the therapist was going to help or just tell me like, look, you wrong, sis. Right.
0: Yeah, and I wrong. Think this, girl, like you bring up such a good point. Like the whole thing of like, what do I do when I get off my face? Because yes. most of the time we're like, Like, one of the things I've heard is like, okay, we can just pray this away. It's like, okay, but what triggered this? What was the initial trigger? What was the thing that then kept me from wanting to get out of the bed? Like, what was the root issue? And if I don't know, then it takes me, it's harder for me to then go to God and like pray for that specific thing if I'm not even sure what the initial trigger was.
1: Exactly. Exactly yep
0: okay so go back into telling me about you said you didn't want a christian therapist you wanted someone that was practical and like how you found her and everything and then go back to that
1: mm-hmm. and so when i looked on the website i wasn't you know uh excluding christian you know counselors or therapists or whatnot but you know that was just something that i thought about like i wanted it to be both i didn't want to just talk about you know christianity throughout the whole conversation so i went mm-hmm. i prayed first and i'm just a big believer in prayer and so because uh, this is a big this is also a decision, just like you pray for God and in a job or mate, a church. This is the same thing. So I went and she was number three and I looked her up and um surprisingly she was an African American therapist as well.
0: Yeah,
1: and so I was like, okay, so I again prayed well, right again. Out, <laughs> <laughs> let me try this out, this. Let me try it out, sis. And at first I was like, Oh, maybe not, you know, but you know I, I went ahead and pushed it through and she was super nice and um we went ahead and scheduled and I realized my insurance it was only ten dollars every time I went. So I was like, yes ma'am, sign me up today. You know save a coin. Yeah. So yeah, so that was my process and it was it was easy, you know, it's super easy. And um luckily I didn't have to switch therapy um therapists throughout that. She remained mine. Yeah. Good. So so your
0: initial prompt was just kind of wanting someone to have an outlet with. It wasn't anything like I I know you also talked about being in a toxic relationship, Mm -hmm. but your initial reason was just kind of having an outlet and wanting to have someone to talk to.
1: Yes, because and then also I thought it was more so depression as well. So Mm -hmm. I thought, okay, I need to see somebody about this, you know, before it gets out of hand, because again, there were some people in my circle, they loved me, but they kind of didn't understand that aspect or they were kind of pushing it away. So I was like, I know this is not me. I know me and this right here ain't she, you know? So I, I just had to take that initiative, my own self, no matter what opinions of people or whatnot. And I'm grateful that I did.
0: Right. So as you were in therapy, I know that there were probably a lot of things that were going on. What was like the first couple of months like for you while you were in counseling?
1: Um, The first couple of months for counseling was very stretching because, you know, she asked, she got to the root of things in a way that I probably or nobody else has actually gotten to. Um, even things that I thought as a child that I had dealt with and she actually was like, no, you actually haven't dealt with the anger against your mother or your father or, you know, feeling like the orphan child or the black, you know, the black sheep or whatnot. And so she dealt with those things. And for the first, I would say for the first month, it was very like intense because, You know, sometimes you go to therapy, not only, you know, at first you think, oh, I'm going to go vent about them. Everybody's so wrong. But then it's like a mirror, just like the Bible to you. Girl. And so when you see you, it's like, oh, I don't like that. Like, wow. You know? Yeah. Like I'm ugly in the spirit. okay. ugly in the spirit. (laughs) Jeez.
0: Okay. So how did that impact? Like, because I know when we unpack stuff in general, it brings up a lot of emotions. How did you... When as you were unpacking, how did that even impact your relationships around you?
1: Um, that was a hard thing. And many people, it was hard depending on who the person was. Mm. Because in my relationship, this was something that I was once I started going, I it was an I was trying to be, I became an advocate for it because it was literally life-changing, even from the first thing like after the first one I was like I tell my boss I'm not missing therapy like I don't care what y'all need to do y'all need to schedule around period poo I'm As not missing it's five o'clock hit if my point's at 530
0: I am yeah. out this door out of so. here
1: out of here and I told them like I after the first one I was like OMG, like this is what I've been missing in my life like right. I cannot miss it and so what happened is I was telling my then fiance, you know, like to go and he was so against it And then I was telling my friends about it and some of them were very much forward and they end up going to counseling um, due to that. So what ends up happening, especially when it comes to relationships, when one person is becoming mentally well and the other one is not, it's going to create chaos and tension in that relationship because I started to change for the better. I was no longer getting mad in the you know in how I because of course I changed it to somebody that I did not like due to my relationship and so and other things as well. And so when I started to kind of transform back to the Janae that I knew and loved that wasn't too that wasn't it wasn't accepted well because now I I know my worth now I'm not going to argue about that. Now if I know that you're talking to another female or you're entertaining, I'm you know, okay okay, bro, like when God gives me an escape route, cool, but I'm not going to pop off. And so because right. I'm not popping off, then, you know, you're mad. So it definitely, it had its way. It depended on who the person was. Some people were waiting for me to go off or to always have something to say. And when I got to the point where I was like, I don't have to do that, you know, I I, I like my piece. They didn't take that. Yeah. So other people loved it, you know, and so everybody will not be, happy about your transformation or you becoming a better you, unfortunately.
0: Yes. So, okay. Talk through that. So you had said, then Beyonce, like, I know that that's a big part of, that was what draw, drawed me to even your testimony, because when you explained that story, Of just like and how within that process you were in counseling. So you were able to have another outlet through this process that you went through of being engaged. Like talk a little bit about that and we can kind of get into some more as you talk.
1: Yeah. So um, I was engaged. So I was in a relationship and I got engaged during counseling. Okay, Mm -hmm. so while I was in counseling, originally it was, you know, of course, about some problems in the relationship, and then, but mostly about, like, again, my work environment and all of that. So originally, we started talking about uh, the work environment, and then when it comes to my engagement, um, I got engaged on a Friday. The next Friday, the Lord showed me a dream of infidelity, Mm -hmm. and I was just like, "Okay, guys,
0: are you you a (laughs) Like, are you someone that has?" Are you someone that has dreams and like... I am a huge dreamer. <laughs> okay. Okay.
1: Yeah. So I'm a dreamer. I'm a visionary. So the Lord shows me a lot of stuff in dreams or in visions. And so mm. he showed me a dream, but you know, sometimes you're in denial. And so I was just like, maybe okay. I ate too late. You know how we'd be like, I ate too late. But <laughs> like, that's a crazy dream, girl. I got to sleep, you know? So I was like, okay, but it would not, you know, wait, get off of me. Um, And so of course... There was some denial behind it until um, months, later, until after I ended the engagement. Then it became, you know, that the dream was real, okay? Um, so I had the dream. And so in, in my engagement, you know, I, I'm a preacher and, you know, he was in ministry as well. And in in that, you know, you deal with a lot of things. And so a lot of times the church is like, well, you know, sometimes you just got to go through some things with your mate. And, you know, as as long as, you know, they're able to get through it and you're able to get through, it, it does not matter what it is. Right. And yeah. so a lot of times as women, we're told to, you know, to cover them, to not make mm. them look bad. Right. And so the whole mm. time I'm trying to covering you, I'm over here sinking myself. And Girl. it's all because of the people who I thought were, you know, going to be like, hey, do what's best for you. No your image is better. So for your image sake, you need to stay in this relationship. It doesn't matter how many tears you cry. It does not matter how much you stay up and wonder why you're not getting a text back or who's calling who or what. Just stay in it for the sake. And because he is a man of God, you need to cover him, right? So, so in therapy, dealing with that, one of the things, again, because I had no kind of 100% proof, this was just all holy spirit led and then some stuff became somewhat proof um and so through therapy she didn't base it off of the things that i did not have proof about she you know she told me about a lot of things and she's married as well and so she was just saying a lot of things like you know i'm not saying that they don't change or people don't change but if you were to get married today would you be okay with being treated how you're treated right would you wow. be okay not not in not in January 2019, but right here today, would you be OK that if this is a person that you married and they never changed, if they never appreciated you, if they never bought you the gift that you were always giving gifts, if they never told you how beautiful you are, if they if, if they continue to always um, uplift other women and not li- uplift the woman that they have, will you be OK with that for the rest of your life? So it almost
0: like sounds like, and not to interrupt you, but it almost Mm -hmm. sounds like what she made you do was assess all the red flags that were in front of you. Because I think sometimes like, especially in romantic relationships, like we're blinded by the fantasy or blinded by what we think we want. And instead of like what we really need. Yes, or potential. And we ignore the red flags, girl. Red flags. All those red flags come up for a reason. All those urgencies in your spirit, especially if you're especially if you're connected to God. Especially. God is never gonna give you something that you don't need. But definitely when those red flags come up, it's like, are we in the mental space maturely to assess them? Yeah. And it sounds like that's what she did with you.
1: Yeah. And I think for me, what she was doing was because my question was I didn't know how to I didn't know how to choose between if this is just a a normal problem that we're having in a relationship that all couples have some of the things or if this was really bad. I didn't want to run from just a normal problem. And I think that's Mm what I was trying to balance. Like, I don't want to run from it if this is just something we have to communicate with. And so she did a very good job of letting me know, like, no, ma'am. Like, this mm. is not it. And, and and she told me, you know, like, we can date on potential, you know, if you want to, but don't get mad when down the line, if that potential never gets fulfilled, because you can see the potential in somebody so bad, but it's not until they come into agreement with what it is that you have seen and what it is that God has said about them that, you know, that it, it, it matters. You can see potential Girl. all day long,
0: Girl. you know? Yeah. And then put it, play it in your mind as if that potential is enough, like yes. to sustain. And most of yes. the time, like this is why we have to just stay before God. Like you have to stay before him. And even, and going back to what you said, like, again, at this point, like all this was only Holy Spirit showing you this. and mm-hmm. And I think that those urgencies are more of like the way that God showed you that. And then the way you were able to process through that gave you the ability to trust him.
1: Yes, it it really was. And and it gave me the ability. This is where the therapist really helped because other people did not understand it. Even when I eventually called it off, you know, six months before the wedding, people were like, but what are you calling it off for? All I had was the Holy Spirit. And of course, you know, things that I knew that my dad had treated me the right way. So I knew this wasn't it. Or I see my granddad doing this Mm -hmm. or even past guys in the past. Like I knew what that felt like, you know, some of the things that he wasn't doing. But I made an excuse because, hey, nobody's perfect. Right. And she really that really helped. she really helped me because she understood what other people refused to understand. And so mm-hmm. when I ended my engagement, it was literally she was she she didn't know, but she kind of her words and her encouragement and pulling that stuff out. It was me, her, and the Holy Spirit. That was it. I ended it based on that. And so people were like, I don't understand. Why would you do that? You know, nothing happened out of that. And then thankfully, all of it came to light uh, a week a week or two later that 100% everything was almost a lie the entire time. And there, you know, was a whole nother female the entire time, you know. So sometimes that's why you have to stay on your face and fast, because if not, like you said, those red flags will continue to ignore and you don't have some people who will actually ask you those hard, hard questions. Um, and, and even when those people ask you the hard questions, they can't make you leave either. You know, because sometimes Girl. we're so stuck into it. It's like, well, Girl. I'm already this far in. So I don't want to start off with somebody else, you know. Right. OK, yeah. so I'm
0: going to go back. I'm going to go back because you impact so much there. So even as you were going through this process towards the end, how did you get to the point where you were like, I got to call this off?
1: So, um, therapy, I went to, um, well, the, the first one was, I guess about a few weeks before, um, I called it off. It was revealed that although he wanted children before he no longer wanted any children, he just pretty much said it because he knew that's what I wanted. And Mm -hmm. of course I knew for me, I have a, a natural mother's, you know, heart and love. So I knew I wouldn't be okay with that especially having endometriosis and believing God for healing for that particular thing to birth children. And so mm-hmm. that was number one. Um, but my last counseling session before I called it off, we were talking and she said, let me just ask you a question. She said, I want you to name me five benefits that he brings to your life. And when she asked that question, I broke down because mm-hmm. I only could name about one and a half yes yeah wow. and, and so, then I seen what well, he
0: go ahead mm-hmm. I was gonna say so and even after that so ooh, that's a ooh man yeah right I just feel God presence on me when I when I'm talking right now yeah. so just even that like I think that that's the breaking in the spirit that had to happen before and I think sometimes that that is the decision that is like the reality of where the roads are in front of us and we have to mm-hmm. choose either one. Yeah. Or we can choose the one that we think is best for us, or we can choose the one where God's like, this is what I want to take you to. And so I think even after you left, what was kind of the mental space that you were in as you were processing, like the reality of this is now in my face.
1: Well, the, My mental space, because when I first went to therapy and I talked about depression, she was like, yeah, you're not depressed. You're, you just have, you know, anxiety, which, you know, a lot of stuff in your, um, life has triggered that. Um, Mm -hmm. but when I left, I did feel better mentally for a while. Um, and I think I had gotten delivered from people's opinions already. So that helped a lot. Um, and what surprised me was that, About three weeks later, the Lord was like, hey, it's time for you to make a public announcement because your save the dates were were supposed to be out. And you didn't take pictures for a reason when you were supposed to because you knew you were going to call it off. People are looking for hotels now. You know, like you have to give an answer and you have to do it publicly because your relationship was public. Right. So I was like, I know you. I know you lie. Like, that's (laughs) like, I I know you lied. And he was like, no, (laughs) ma'am. So I had to, to 5,000 friends on Facebook, um, just let them know like, Hey, you know, the Lord, you know, I want to be in the Lord's will. And he's told me to call off my engagement um, and and whatnot. So Mm -hmm. after that, of course, it really helped to see a lot of people in my inbox saying that, They wish that they had the courage to do what I did or they never would have ended up in in divorce or, you know, because their invitations were already sent out. They went ahead and went through it and they know they shouldn't have. But so it was okay for a while. And my family was 100 percent behind me the entire time. But what broke that um, was when I learned out the truth of everything because it happened after I ended it when I learned about the other females and all of that. So I was healthy at first and really in a good mental space. And I knew that I had made the right decision. I knew I was in the will of God. I knew God was going to um, reward my yes and my obedience in that. But it went downhill after I learned that this was not just dreams. This was not just unctionings. This was really what was going on. And there were dates and women to go with it. That's
0: what broke it for me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That makes me think of, um, it makes me think of, and I know that this may not, especially when you're in it, it may not feel like it, but it makes me think of this thing of God will never embarrass you. Like Mm -hmm. when he urges you to do something, it's because he wants you to know, like, I've got your back regardless. Yes. And even like you said, following the unctions and the urges of the Holy spirit, like, What would you say to somebody to not ignore those? Because I don't think that we talk so much about the importance of trusting God's voice, trusting what he's saying and trusting he's never going to lead us astray. Like, what would you say to someone if they're getting those urges and those unctions? Because like you said in the beginning, like you, you didn't want to Leave when you were thinking that it probably was something you just needed to work through within the relationship versus being shown by the Holy Spirit that's in front of your face,
1: yeah, so and and to the person that is listening and you are getting those urgents. number one, you may feel like me where you feel like, oh, I'm strong enough to deal with this right i'm I'm strong enough to handle these burdens, but at the end of the day, if God is giving you those urgencies and he's showing you things, especially. When you've asked for a sign and he's giving you a big old stop sign, you know, like you have to trust that because what's going to end up happening, it's going to hurt really bad at first. Right. When you do it. But it's going to it's going to be so much worth it afterwards. But if you continue on, it's probably going to be it's probably going to be worse. And I think that one of the greatest signs is you trusting that God knows what's best for you and he loves you enough and he is concerned enough about you to show you these things. That's like amazing to me. Like for you to ask God for a sign and he gives it to you, that means he cares about you. And not only that, but he knows what's down the road, not what only would have happened, but what's still ahead that's still bound to happen for you just based off of your obedience and listening to that. So I say do it, yeah. Good, Do it. don't hesitate. And it's gonna be yeah. hard. And one of the worst decisions that you can make is try to make someone understand what God is saying when He didn't give them that. Just like Fact. when you try to when He gives you a vision about something, even business or whatever related, and you try to go to people and they don't understand, you can't make Him make them understand a vision that He only gave to you and not them.
0: Right. Same that thing girl, with the other
1: girl,
2: <laughs> girl, a wrong idea. Because yes.
0: literally, like. God will show you something. You, and then we yes. try to go to all these other people that we, they either, we think they, well, I am gonna say they think they know God, but just, we go to everybody and their mom and their auntie, their cousin, their sister, their brother, their children to ask, yes. do you think that this is the right thing? And it's like, no, God is just saying, go. Like, go. Go. you don't need any other confirmation from nobody but him. And I think when you were saying like the, the obedience part that's the thing because when you like when god sees later on down the line for your life like he's not telling you to be obedient for the purpose of trying to take something from you he's gonna take something from you to multiply god god is naturally a multiplier yes when he puts something out there he's doing it to multiply it like I will give you descendants far beyond number. Go go, subdue the earth and multiply. Like it's for multiplication. It's not, he may subtract it to multiply it. And so I think when we hold on to stuff and we don't obey, it takes away from the opportunity of being able to experience the multiplication and the full- yes. The full blessing that God wants to give us, because even in this, like this is multiplication because you now have a testimony and a story for people who are broken, who don't want to leave relationships because they have to like they have to settle to say like, no, you can be obedient to God and trust God for what your life has for you. Yeah, for for you.
1: Yeah. And it reminds me of Abraham because a lot of people think that it was about Isaac. It was really never about Isaac. It was if Abraham was going to trust God enough to give up the very thing. Because you have to understand a sacrifice is not a sacrifice unless it's something that you do not want to give up. Oh,
0: that's a that's
1: a whole girl. Unless you want to give it up. It's not a sacrifice. If you, if God tells you to give up McDonald's, that's cool. I only eat it six months out of the year. It's whatever. No, that's not a sacrifice. It's not hurting you. You're not, you're not going to feel it gone. But when he Mm. called Abraham Mm. to take Isaac up there, number one, I had questions for Isaac because you a whole grown child. I would have (laughs) ran, but that's the whole different story. Like you literally just sat here and allowed him to put you on this log. No, I got questions, Dad. like who, who the sacrifice, right? But anyways, beyond that, <laughs> it, was not, it was about Abraham's obedience and if he was gonna trust God with the thing that he loved the most, right? right? And then once he did that, he said, oh no, don't worry about it, I have a ram in the bush. Guess what? There's always something waiting on the other side of your obedience and on the other side of you just obeying the first instructions that you get. You can't ask for more instructions if you don't obey the first set of instructions he gave you. Girl. And that's what we get it wrong at. That's what we get it wrong at.
0: That's a whole word.
1: You just yeah. Get a halt. You just come <laughs> on, preacher. <laughs> yeah, so you have to obey. Like it's it's so like obedience saved my life. And don't don't think that the whole time I was like, okay, I was the one that ended it, so I'm great. No, ma'am. Even though I was the one that ended it, it hurt like hell. Like when I tell you, it was almost. It it was so like I literally had, if if, if I can be honest, even earlier this year, I had suicidal thoughts because Mm -hmm. he moved on super fast, like three months later, you know, met a new girl or whatnot. And here I am like, okay, God, you know, I'm the one that ended it and I still have to sit up here. And he was like, no, because I want you to be whole. You know, Mm -hmm. I want you to heal not for just another relationship, but because you need it and other people need it as well. And I asked him, I said, God, how can you let what I love die?
2: Mm.
1: how how could you let what I love die and this is what God told me he said if I would have let that live you would have been the one that died spiritually mentally you would have been the one that died if I would have let that live
0: mm. girl yeah girl talk about it sis. <laughs> because listen like those things are real and we think that when God pulls us, like okay, we think it's pretty. Like we think, yeah. like we said, guys that wanted to make you whole, like we think wholeness is cute. Like no. it's a stripping. Do you know it like is. how being stripped is like a hurtful process?
1: Yes. Like
0: even you saying like earlier, you had suicidal thoughts. Like that's real. It's Ew. not. It's not a game. Like y'all, the enemy wants us gone.
1: And I was out here preaching to people about their mental health and casting out demons out of people. Here I am leaving the pulpit, going home and and trying to figure out how I'm going to take my own life,
0: mm-hmm.
1: encouraging other people, you know, and that's why you can't, that's why again, everybody says, check on your strong friends. I say, check on your friends, period, because to be honest, everybody thinks that they're the strong friend. Ain't nobody walking around here talking about I'm the weak friend. I'm the weak friend. No, right. everybody right. thinks that they're the strong friend, you know? And so- I literally had suicidal thoughts until God sent people my way to literally pull me out of that pit. They didn't dismiss my feelings because I honestly still, even after ending it and finding out the truth of things, you know, even though it wasn't a public embarrassment, as far as like you said, God protecting you and not allowing that to come, come out before I ended it. And it's, you know, this is, you know, this is, I guess the first time that it's really out. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, it still hurt because I'm just like, okay, God, I have this public relationship. We done did these, you know, videos, people are looking for hope. And that was what I really didn't want. I did not want people to look at our failed relationship because I had dated in nine years and I was yeah. cool with being single. Right. And I was like, okay, God, how did I let this slip in? You know, I didn't want people to look at that and think, oh, if Janae couldn't do it, then I know goodwill, I can't do it. I didn't want people to lose hope because of my failed relationship. Right. I did not want that to happen.
0: Yeah. And I think that that's that's a great perspective you bring in there because I think sometimes we put so much weight on who we need to be for other people instead of who we need to be for ourselves first. Yes. And I think that that makes... I think it takes that step where you were talking about that as a point of saying like, regardless of what anybody thinks I still have to put me first because behind this camera, behind this phone, like I still have my real life.
1: Yes. Yep. I took a five month sabbatical from Facebook and ministry Mm -hmm. at the beginning of this year from social media ministry.
0: And I think that's important to know because especially when we're serving God, like we have to know like God will, God will give us the rest we need. And I'm not even painting the picture because as if like, this is not painful. Like it's painful to give up something and be obedient sometimes. Like it is painful and it's not easy when it's like the price behind it or the cost behind it is like, God, I feel like I'm going crazy over
1: here. And it's like, where are you? Yeah, literally. And one thing that this taught me was that grief does not only happen when it ha- happens to be a physical death. Grief mm-hmm. also happens because now you're grieving what you thought your life was supposed to be.
2: Mm.
0: Man. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You grieve what you thought it was supposed to be. And, and I, you know, yeah. you literally lose somebody when you love somebody, you are thinking that that's who you're going to spend your life with, especially when you don't, when you take it serious, even about being in relationships and giving up right. that portion of your heart, you know? And so right. that was, that was a hard thing, learning how to grieve what I thought it it would be like.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. Um. Okay. So walk me through a little bit of like, as you were going through this process in therapy still.
1: Yeah. So, um, as I was going through this process, um, even after the fact and I ended it, um, of course therapy changed because now it, it no longer was the basis on what can I do better in my, you know, relationship because my therapist always told me I am your therapist. Okay. I, you know, you pay me, I'm here for you. Um, And so with that, afterwards, we had to shift. So then we had to deal with the inner healing. And this was the first time in, I don't know, maybe a child that I had felt inadequate. And I Mm -hmm. felt like I was not enough. Because clearly, if, you know, if another woman was able to get in, it means that I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do. Or, you know, maybe I wasn't pretty enough. Or maybe my hair wasn't long enough. Or, you know, it was just all of these things that I had never gone through before I entered that relationship and now especially after ending my engagement um, I just felt like that I was defeated and so she had to deal with those things which meant she had to go again back to my childhood and what what made me not feel those things you know even then and then to the root of it and it took a while like even up until this year like I just you know I had to finally come to grips that hey I was enough and so she walked me through that um I cried a lot. <laughs> I cried a lot in therapy because I felt like even at church and even though my church is loving and it's a free church, being a leader in the church, sometimes you feel like that you have to put on because if what if somebody needs you at the altar, right? So therapy was my outlet to just let it all out and it was almost like sometimes when I went in there I would just break immediately. Just because I was just so full And so, and she allowed me to do that, but then she talked, she built up even the little girl in me, right? She built up the little girl in me and then even to the woman. And so one thing she did let me do was stay there. She let me have my moments, but then we talked about what we were going to do. She gave me different exercises. um, And then we also talked about having to change environments because I was still in my toxic job environment as well. Mm-hmm. and the my job was so busy working 50 plus hours a week, there was no way I could heal properly for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and she talked, and we talked about that, and I prayed about it. I said, God, if I have to lose money, I don't care what I have to do, but I need to get to a place where I can heal and in, in all environments are healthy. And so um, she gave me practical things. She gave me homework. She um, made me do accountability partners about my goals, even as it related. And so from that, by the time we finished with that, um, months later I was so much in a, a more healthy spot and I actually found a new job in a whole new city and mm-hmm. that changed my life because sometimes you can't heal in the environment that you were hurt in.
0: Yep. Oh gr- girl. Yeah. Girl. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>! <laughs> my yeah.
2: God. Oh my <laughs> God.
0: You need to write that down when you re- listen to this stuff. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> girl, that was a whole work. Just, yeah. girl, just make that that make that a sermon
1: topic and yes. just
0: ground on that girl yeah. that's a whole you this.
1: yeah you try, to, and this, like, you try to go back to people like even you know you try to heal in these environments that hurt you how, how do you do that you know because a lot of times people don't think you know sometimes they feel like they have done nothing wrong or they keep on rehashing it and so you have to change your environment for yourself yeah. and you have to just say I'm doing it for me like I right. have to do what's best for me, and that's what I did. I changed, I I changed states, I changed job careers, even job fields, and it was the best thing that I could have done—the absolute best. Yeah. Okay,
0: Whew, girl, I could go on hours <laughs> with you. Like seriously, I could go on hours <laughs> with you. Okay, so I want you to dig now with it with me into this on um, God, because yes, I honor the Lord who was the head of my life. But no, you know, yeah. this is like, seriously, like mm-hmm. dig into this with me with God, like how did therapy within this experience of all this kind of stuff, what did you learn about God?
1: Wow. Um. I think one thing that I learned first was I had to put away the titles for me because I am a preacher and what I learned is that God was, he was concerned as it related to the whole Janae. Um, And one thing about God, I felt like that I drew closer to him or he drew closer to me even when I tried to draw back from him.
2: Mm.
1: Because in this time I was angry. I was angry at God. I had to forgive God eventually. Mm. <laughs> and as I forgave myself, and forgave others, I had to forgive him because I felt like that he let me down. And one thing I learned about God is at the end of the day, he never leaves and he is so sovereign in all that he does. And so at that point, I learned him not just as Jehovah um, Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides, but I learned him intimately, intimately as my father and as Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals and heals mm-hmm. very, very well very well and it's skilled to know how to heal skill to know how to heal beyond because a lot of times i was like god i I don't i can't fast no more i can't pray no more i don't know what to do so you're gonna have to come in and do some kind of heart surgery you're gonna have to do something because at this point i don't know what else to do y'all keep on telling me to do this i'm doing this and i feel like i'm getting worse because sometimes Mm -hmm. healing can feel worse than even than the hurt you know Mm -hmm. because like you said you're stripping away you know it's exposing stuff and God was just faithful 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 and mind-blowing in this whole process he knew who to send to me he knew what therapist to send like it was he was just so strategic through my entire process and I was just like I fell back in love with God through this process I was just totally in awe with him even when I felt like that I didn't like him on some days or even when I felt like that he was away from me and He was like no daughter I've never left you you left me But Mm. even when you left, I still was there. Mm. I was still there.
0: Cool girl. Yeah. Jeez. Okay, I have two questions, but I'm going to start with this one. What did you learn about yourself throughout your therapy experience?
1: I think the top thing that I learned is that I didn't have to be strong all the time.
2: Mm.
1: That's what I learned. Um, Being put in certain situations, you feel like that you always have to be strong. You feel like you always have to be on defense about everything And I was just able to just be free and be, uh, I was able to be vulnerable. Mm. I was able to be vulnerable without having to worry about being hurt in the midst of it. And so I learned how to be strong. um, And then I learned how to heal well, you know, Mm. I, I learned that I was able to go through some of the toughest battles But with scars, with bruises, with all of that, I was still able to get back up and be the best person, not only for me, but for others. And even in the midst of that, I think for me, I always felt like, oh, I'm I'm too good to be, you know, cheated on or I'm too good not to be appreciated, whatever. It humbled me. I would say that as well. Therapy also humbled me, you know, Um, not that I deserved any of that, but it just humbled me to another another way to just, you know, I guess really know who you are and know that even me, cause I will also say this, I was not perfect in the relationship. Like I'm pretty sure I got on his nerves. I'm pretty sure that I probably got loud sometimes that I probably shouldn't have, you know, or any of that. But, um, so it taught me some things that I needed to work on as well. You know, mm-hmm. um, it taught me some things that I had not dealt with before and it taught me how to be a better person. And then it eventually taught me, um, about the things that I'd finally dug into about myself on how to be better later in a relationship as well so So i learned a lot yeah it's 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 it's, it's so it was so definitely beneficial definitely um
0: okay and then what talk to me a little bit about the body of christ because you talked a lot about I'm huge on accountability. I'm huge mm-hmm. on being like I call myself the Matt friend because I'm the <laughs> friend that was in the story with Jesus when they was talking about the friend that lured you down from the roof to meet Jesus. I'm always the person that's like, "What we need to do, sis? Like, yeah, do I need to come over to your house? Do I need to go buy you some food? Like, I I feel like sometimes I do that for people all the time. Talk to me about your the body of Christ and how the body of Christ pushed you through your healing process.
1: The body of Christ pushed me through because even though there were some who were just didn't feel like that Jesus and therapy could coexist, there were so many people Mm -hmm. who, like you said, they became me when I needed it. They wouldn't allow me to stay in my house. They, they pushed me, they, they made sure. But one of the things that I had to learn was I could not stay at home when I wanted to. And so going to church and being in the midst of believers who knew how to pray, who knew how to get the attention of Jesus, who just knew how to hug me well when I needed it, that helped me a lot. And I think that healthy salvation is when you actually can believe in Jesus and believe in therapy. And that's what people done for me. You know, Mm -hmm. they didn't, you know, they didn't look down on me because You know, I went to therapy, or they didn't think that I was any less weaker, or well, maybe she doesn't need to preach because clearly, no, they loved me. So they've loved me as if I feel like Jesus would have loved me if he was here on earth, right? Just like he did with the woman um, at the well, the one he was like, oh no, I know that ain't your husband, and the other ones ain't either, right? (laughs) And he still loved her through it. I feel like that they showed and exemplified such a love of Christ during my time. And I just can't think, you know, even my church family and even, Different friends and pastors and ministry friends and just, you know, just Christians in general, like the body of Christ really loved me through that. And then I helped them as well because they've seen how beneficial therapy was. And that's something, if we can be honest, that's just now getting talked about in some churches. Others still won't hit on it. Right. They still Mm -hmm. won't talk about it.
0: I will preach it till I'm <laughs> full Okay. I will literally, I'll be like, when Jesus, like the rocks will out, I'm like, I'm going to be that rock for you, Lord. I'm going to be that like, rock. I'm, I'm going to be the rock. Because yeah. everybody needs to dig up their stuff. You yes. don't realize how much life has influenced our negative view of God, our ability to be obedient to God, our ability to have tra- our ability to have relationship with God. Yes, influenced about our lives and the things we've gone through, and people have been through, you know, so many things because sin is in the world. Like we sometimes yeah. put blame a lot of stuff on God, and it's just like sin is in the world. So there, yes. it's it's not a thing of like where God wants you to think that He has forgotten you or that yes, this happened, but he wants you to know, like, yes, that happened to you, but I still love you with an everlasting love. I can feel those dark wounded spaces. And that's what I think that, but sometimes we don't even know that that's prevalent if we never process or talk through it. That's why I was like, you're equipped. You're, you're, Janae, like, I believe that you're even more equipped in prayer now because you can identify the trigger. And it's like, Oh, that's the spirit of jealousy. I cast that out in Jesus' name and I rebuke Jesus it. You sometimes yes. wouldn't even know that, hey, this is what I'm experiencing if we have never talked through it.
1: Yeah. And that's true because there's a lot of like, I my prayer life as an intercessor, uh, intercessor now is based on some of the things. So if we can be honest, some of us wouldn't even pray if we didn't go through anything.
0: Girl! Period, girl. I would
1: would have no reason to be on my face. I'm like, I'm straight. I'm straight. Yep. And so sometimes, you know, and I don't think that I do think that God uses all things. And I know sometimes people are like, well, God, why did you let this? Some stuff is just life. Period. It has nothing to do with the devil. And the devil ain't worried about some of y'all because y'all make, you know, we make the devil's job easy, right? Like, he's like, chaplains, ain't nobody studying you. You ain't doing nothing, you know. But we have to know Romans 8 and 28 is clear. You know, it, he will work all things together for the good of them that love that love him and that are called according to his purpose. So sometimes he takes the problems that you have and it pushes you to your face. And that's when you want to war for your family. When you feel like that your marriage is about to give up, that's when you're pushed to your face and it's your prayers and your trusting God that helps you. You wouldn't know how to pray half of the time if you never went through anything.
0: This, okay. Yeah. But
1: some of the time I'd be like, oh I don't
0: even know where that <laughs> prayer came from listen my, girl I be like God these people making me upset but it's like father I rebuke the spirit that is coming up against me right now in Jesus name because father I know you called me to be this I know you said you would prosper me not to harm me like it's like I'm in this I'm warring listen you go in there
1: as a whole cat you come out a whole lioness like who <laughs> gonna check me who gonna mess with me bro? you come out there like yeah who want it who want it Let's I was saying, I was trying to put me in the game coach <laughs> put me in tag me in tag team in the right stadium.
0: exactly exactly <laughs> okay um oh I just have so many other questions to ask but I don't want to go off is there anything else you want to say I have one more question um, but I'll let you uh-huh. say anything you want to say no go ahead you can go ahead Um. what would you tell I really do want to talk about the rejection piece really quickly and this episode okay. may go over an hour and that's fine but Talk to me a little bit about rejection and like how that played a part into your experience.
1: I think when it comes to rejection, um, one of the things I think everybody deals with is no one wants to be rejected. And I think for me, that played a part, um, even with counseling, um, it hurts and, I think even as a child, like I was saying, because there was a lot of things, like I said, she dealt with. So I felt even rejected sometimes in friend circles. I felt rejected sometimes um, as a child. I felt rejected, of course, in relationships. And so when it comes to that, that was one of the things that played a part in me having such a hard um, a wall up sometimes because mm-hmm. I try my best to um, uh, stop it before it happened or before I felt like it was going to happen. Yeah. And so in therapy, she dealt with tearing that wall down and just dealing with other means such as, you know, really getting to know people before you start putting people in these spaces where you allow them to get that close to do so or where you you just use your Holy Ghost, uh, your Holy Ghost discernment and you pray about Things instead of just automatically letting people get the up on you oh, so yeah. when it comes to when it comes to rejection I think first we have to like you said we can't have relationships with other people well until we really have a relationship with God I think mm-hmm. your relationship with God will show how your other ones are going to go and that's just me yeah. personally you know yeah and so yeah. Um, with my relationship with God I think it played a part in me learning like, okay, like Jesus was rejected, you know, stop taking stuff so personal for me um, and then dealing with it and not being so offended so much. You know, I think I was always offended and offense is a choice, you know? Yeah. And so I think for me, I had to learn like with rejection, it's not the end of the world and I have to learn how to not stay in a rejected place and just continue. I had to literally speak God's word over me. You know, I had to speak the promises of God um, to know that even if others rejected me or if I took it as rejection, because the truth is that, you know, I was dated and engaged a broken man who only could love me to the ability at that particular point that he was able to. And that was just the reality, right? And so I had to learn that some of the rejection that even I felt came from him was, you know, it was his decisions as well, but there was other things that he had to deal with that he hadn't dealt with. So I had to kind of look deeper, like you said, not at the person, but at the spirit that that person was operating through. Right. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Which yeah. like you described, you just, you described that so eloquently, just like, I think sometimes we get so angry, we can get angry at the situation, which is 100% like normal. Like, let me not yes. act like it's not normal, but truly you have to know, like our battle is not against flesh and blood. Like it's yes. not like there's a war happening above us. Where we have to recognize, like, there is something else behind that that is trying to fight us. And so like, with the rejection piece, like, we can feel rejected from the world, but God will never reject us. Never. Like, love is so non-rejecting.
1: Yeah. And I had to learn to allow people to love me
0: yes That's like I
1: had to allow people especially to love especially when you're the child like, yes like just, friends, <laughs> just
0: don't even be like y'all don't even y'all don't get it y'all, didn't, yeah. y'all don't y'all ain't got the juice to understand but it's like truly like am I allowing you like a huge like a
1: humility of am I really allowing you to help me yeah so I so say it's okay it's okay to be loved and that's what I had to that's what I had to be okay with to learn that it was 100% okay to be loved and not put up that wall once it was torn back down and actually sometimes the rejection was a divine thing because it redirected me as well you know when I shouldn't be in certain circles or shouldn't been in the relationship or even certain jobs you know Um, Mm -hmm. I used to keep my rejection emails a lot until I got the one and God was just like You know, that's good and all, but don't focus so much on the negative focus on the positive, you know And so I think rejection is something that a lot of us have dealt with even like I said from childhood You have to get to that roots. Um, so it can come up So then next time that it comes against you, it doesn't have that same power over you that it had before
0: Facts, facts Yeah okay, so we're gonna wrap up, but I have one more question. What would you tell someone who has never been to therapy, especially someone that might be in the church?
1: If you have not been to therapy, one thing I would tell someone is do what is best for you um because God like I said earlier, he created the therapists he created the doctors you know if you have a heart attack, you're not going to. Well, you shouldn't stay at home and be like, well, the Lord is going to heal me. So I'm not going to go to the hospital, right? No, you go to someone who can specialize in that. And I think therapy is like, just like this broadcast, just like this, um, just like this podcast, it is for the Christian as well. And I think that um, being a healthy Christian is being a whole Christian and that Mm -hmm. includes your mental health. And I would say that I am an advocate for therapy and at least try it out. Get you a Christian counselor, if if that's what will make you feel better. Get you a Christian counselor. Um, and even, you know, I tried other counselors after I moved that was not even African-American and it did not work out for me. Mm-hmm. Did not work out for me. But I would say, get you a therapist that works for you and stick to it. And don't right do
0: Exactly. 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 I love how you said being a healthy, what you say? Being a healthy <laughs> Christian is a whole Christian. I love that. So yeah. good. Well, that is all I have today, and Janae. Why don't excuse you tell them where to where they can
1: find you? Excuse me, I'm over here. I'm over here. choked up. Okay, so you can find me on Facebook, Janae Robertson. If you need to come, me, that's fine, girl. yeah. Okay, <clears throat> let me take a drink of water. Okay, take your
0: time. We got all day, girl. Okay, that's better.
1: All right. So on Facebook, you can find me, Janae Robertson. I'm also on Instagram, Janae Robertson. <clears throat> and also uh, I have a website, com, And on there, you will find my coaching calls. I'm also a publisher. So I do publish books as well. I have a few new authors coming out before the end of the year. And then I also have a book as well. That's called The Spiritual Autopsy of a Backslider. This is a book that I wrote in 2017 and I was able to um, Publish it in May of this year And it's gone very very well But this is a book if you Find yourself dealing with identity If you find yourself needing to know how to pray If you have some faith issues Or even you know The main t- one of the topics is The struggle is real and it talks about sexual sin It talks about perversion Different things and how to get delivered from those And I give you those steps And that is $20 Um, But if you are listening to the podcast that is going to be a um, a fifteen uh, $5 discount for you. Oh, look at that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, therapy as a Christian is going to be the code for that. So at checkout, just put therapy as a Christian. And that is going to be a $5 off. And that'll be $15 for anyone listening to the podcast. So that book is A Spiritual Autopsy of a Backslider. And you can find that on my website.
0: Wonderful. And I'll have all the information <laughs> for you all below.
1: All right, Janae. Yeah. But this was I wonderful. Know. Thank you for
0: having me. Oh, of course, sis. Like, your testimony was enough. Like, that was, <laughs> like, people need to know. So that is all for this week, y'all. I love you so much. Like I said, I have Janae's information linked below. And if you have any questions, please, please reach out to me via DM, Instagram, or send me an email. And I love you all, and we'll talk soon.